Hi, everyone. My name is Dio Veras, aka Dio Lopez. I'm the host of this podcast, The Profit and the Tea Podcast. And I welcome you. This podcast uh, is created for everyone. However, for those that are single, in the waiting game, um, or maybe you're content being single, right? Or maybe you're striving for contentment in singleness. This podcast is for you. Um, If you're a parent and or co-parent, this podcast is for you. And if you are a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, um, if you are wondering about Jesus Christ, or if you just want to dip your toe in and see what this is about, this is for you too. I welcome every single one of you and I'm just super excited um a little nervous but more excited than that and um today is special because this is like I mentioned earlier our first uh official YouTube live podcast or whatever and um not only that I recently relaunched the podcast um with a focus because in these specific areas that I've mentioned I live it (laughs) And I believe that when you live something out and when you've got gain a momentum in that place, I say it like this, like God's giving you a key. And now this key can unlock a door and you can let other people out of a boxed up, locked up room. Um, And that's what I'm here to do in this time uh, right now, this season with this podcast. I'm so excited. For you who are here, I normally call those watching my brothers, sisters, friends, and co-ears in Christ. Wherever you find yourself landing, I welcome you once again. Um, and so here we go. Tonight we have a guest. And her name is Ebony, also known as Ebby G. And she's amazing. I've known her for quite a while. I can't remember exactly how many years, but it's been years. Um, and I'm actually friends with her cousin. And, you know, we've been through seasons together. And I'm so excited because she is just a beautiful woman, um, a woman of great wisdom, um, a very talented, hilarious woman. I mean, if you haven't caught her on social media yet, you're missing out. You've got to follow her because she will crack you up. Um, and not just while she's cracking you up, that's just the gift. While she's cracking you up, she's giving you so much uh, wisdom, so much knowledge, and so much hope. And so I'm excited for that. So without further ado, I want to welcome Ebby G. She better pull up. <laughs> hey, Ebony. I can't see you right now, sweetie pie. You can't? No. Hey, there you are. Okay, yes. All right. I'm like, wait, I'm I think my hand had to wave a little bit. That's it. <laughs> Your hand had to wave. Um, Ebony, thank you so much for joining us on the Profit and the Tea Podcast. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I got my tea ready, you know. You see yes. Yes. Okay, so you you told me earlier your favorite tea is throat coat. Yes, throat coat tea. And I have it here. It's organic. <laughs> I don't even know who yes. the brand is. Yes, it's by Traditional Medicinals. So, yes. Yeah, it's they, awesome. they, they need to come through. They get in free advertisement right now. Cool. <laughs> I'll take my sponsorship. <laughs> yes, I, 
What's wait, what's in Broco? Is it like spices, like cinnamon or something? Um, I think it's like it's it's slippery elm. I have no idea what's in it, but I'm not a tea drinker. This is the only tea that I've liked. I've also tried a couple of other teas at um at another location, but this one I don't really have. All I have to put is some um citrus, some lime, or some lemon, and a little bit of honey, and that's it. And it's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. I know somebody who drinks that, they're a singer. So my first question for you is, do you sing? No, ma'am. In the shower. But that's not for uh, <laughs> other people's ears. That's for the Lord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's my answer, too, to everyone who asked. So I love it. Okay. So, Ebony, um, I reached out. We were talking, and I reached out to you because I know you're on this journey um, we kind of walk in the same walk, right? Single, desiring to be married in relationships, um, but we are following Jesus. Our eyes are on him. And uh, we're going through this journey. It's a struggle. We're trying to find if we haven't already contentment in this place. And I really wanted to just get into a deep and honest conversation about this journey because I don't think that it's spoken about enough. When I look at the church and when I hear in the church, the focus is always like marriage, get you married, get you married, get you married. But we're never really taught how to just find contentment in where we are in this season right now. And so um, kind of what was in your mind? What did, what went through your mind when you thought about that after we spoke? Uh, I was excited. It was actually interesting because um I don't know. I was just ready, I guess, ready to have the conversation. You know, I've been single for quite a few years now. And so I have, you know, expertise in this area, I guess you could say. And I was just really excited to just share my, the revelations that God has given me, some of my knowledge and some of the things that I've gone through to really help other singles that are really, or that may be struggling in their, in their walk of singleness and really just impart some wisdom to them on the journey. Yeah. So what has your journey been like? I mean, I know it hasn't always been all like lollipop sand, brownies or whatnot. Like what has it been like, especially in the beginning, if you can, if you can backtrack to that time? Oh yeah, we can definitely backtrack. Uh, so <laughs> I actually got, I was actually, uh, I actually got single right before I got saved. So probably a two months before. So that's a very interesting story because God's, remove that person from my life because he knew I didn't have the strength to and God was just calling me and I was like teeter-tottering between him and God and God was just like yeah you need to choose me but I was trying to choose both and I couldn't do that so I've been single for yeah I know it's <laughs> teeter-tottering so I've been single probably about 11 years at this point uh probably a little over 11 years um right at, right before that relationship ended god was just like yeah we just gonna yeah you go, you need to come to me that's pretty much it's been a, it's been an interesting journey it's been an interesting roller coaster yes yes i um i'm with you i mean i haven't been single as long as you but when i did my singleness also came right before the lord called me and um and it was radical. It was radical. And I found myself like a baby again during that time when I, when I like, 
when I said yes to Jesus and not only yes, like I receive you as Lord, but yes, like take my life. Mm -hmm. And I, I was literally born again and I found it hard to relate to people. Even when I talked to um, other guys, it was just like, I was oblivious to like all of, all of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like I've walked into many traps um, in my journey because I was, I didn't have like this wisdom, right? Because you're not really taught, um, even as a new believer, a single believer, how to walk this walk out. So I see you nodding like you understand. Let's talk about it. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um, so when I first got saved, honestly, it was a radical thing for me too. It was, it wasn't like, oh, got called to call. Let me go to Jesus. Like God had been working on me for at least a year before that whole trans, you know, transfiguration occurred. And yeah. um, that was, that was, it. it was just the story itself is just, it's a, it's a long story, but it's a powerful story. So um, God had been working on me. So right after he, the guy and I broke up, I was like thinking like, all right, God, can you just save him so we could be together? Because that would just be the perfect. That would just be yes. perfect. You know, this would just be perfect. If you save him, you save me. We can just be safe together and just love the Lord. And that was not the case. <laughs> that was not the case. That was just like, no. And it took me a few years to just um, let go of that fantasy that God was going to save him and for us to be together. It turned from God to save him so we could be together said, God, I pray that you would just save him and whoever he's supposed to be with. Because I realized that he was not the person that God had for me. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. Okay, so let's talk about the journey. Because we know that at this time, and, and we spoke about this, so we know a heck of a healing began. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, one heck of a, yeah. a, a inner transformation had to begin and yeah. so um I know for me I had to I had to face a lot of trauma a lot of pain a lot of things that unknowingly had been swept under the rug that, that was embedded in my being um and and I couldn't even think of a man during those times like I couldn't even think of a I, I had no sight of relationship with the opposite sex outside of friendships. I had no sight of it because of all that was coming out of me. And you and I spoke about inner healing and how that affects our relationships. Um, tell me about that journey. Well, that's, that's, oh my goodness, that's so good because I believe that inner healing is essential to being in a healthy relationship. And I say that because yes. if we don't have the inner healing within ourselves, we're bringing baggage and broken luggage with broken handles and broken wheels to a relationship where we're lugging it. It's torn to pieces, it's ripped up, the zipper's broken. And we're trying to get into a place of a new place, but we're bringing all this pain with us. So for me, um, 2018 was a very pivotal journey in my life. And I was just out and I will be 100% honest. I was angry with God. And I think that as singles, we don't really hear about this. I was angry with God. Like, why haven't you sent my husband yet? I'm trying to do it your way. You know, I'm trying to be, 
saved, single, sanctified, you know, and abstinent. And you ain't said my husband yet. And I was just frustrated in that season. And I was making decisions out of my brokenness. And I was, you know, entertaining mm -hmm. this person here. And I was getting hurt. And I was entertaining this person here. And I was getting hurt. And it came to a point where I recognized that I was using someone because I was lonely and he was using me too in that sense. And it was maybe a week or two after that, that I said, I need to go to counseling because if I don't go to counseling, I'm going to keep making decisions out of my brokenness and I'm going to choose my husband in that broken space. And I have the responsibility to my children that haven't even come yet. So I have a responsibility who I'm going to choose as a father. And if I don't work on my inner self, I'm going to make a really bad decision. So I went to my counselor and I was just, and I, first time I went to her, um, I've been in counseling three times in my life. And I went to her, this is my third counselor. And I said to her the first session, she's like, why are you here? And I said, because I want to be married and I need to heal of my pain and the past. So I don't, make a decision out of my brokenness because I keep making choices that are not um that are detrimental to my walk and it's also it's dangerous to who I want to be and who God has called me to be and if I don't work on who she is and work on the healing I'm going to make a mistake and I don't want to make a lifelong mistake because of the inner pain that I'm experiencing yeah wow that's so good that's so good and We'll stop right here and talk about that mental health and that soul care. Um, and it's so, it's vital. It's important. I actually was listening to a sermon by Tony Evans about grace. And he was saying like, you know, we want to be transformed and we do a lot of soul management, which is good. And we need that. We need soul management. We need to manage our emotions, our mind and our decision making, right? But one thing we need to add on top of that is like, when we're born again, we have this spirit that needs to be like watered and, and continuously fed so that it can grow bigger than all these emotions we have and we're not being led by our soul. So I totally feel you on that. I agree with that. I've been in counseling my whole adulthood, yes. um, you know, <laughs> in and out. And now I realize, <laughs> I realize for me, I need it in the, especially the pivotal moments. But you said something, you was talking about brokenness. And I had this, like, while you was talking, I could see it. Like, we all, and we talked about this too, we all will come with some kind of baggage into relationships because we're imperfect beings, right? But you mm -hmm. described it. You said, my, you said that baggage was halfway broken. The zippers were messed up. The handles were broken. And I think about entering into a new place, right? Like into a door. But mm -hmm. while we're entering in, this baggage and the stuff in it is just dropping and falling. It's like we're falling apart while going into this new place. We don't want to be like that. We right. want to be somewhat together. We want to be somewhat managed, manage that baggage, right? And, and come clean with that to where we're going. Like, yo, this is where I'm coming with. I've been working on it. My bag is getting smaller, yo. Like, look, can you see? And, and you want to be in that a journey along yes yes alongside and so we were talking about a book that we both had we didn't know we both had it guys it was so amazing but this is a book it's called waiting and dating by miles monroe and he said something there's three principles into date for dating readiness right and what the first one he said was you are not ready to date until you're fully aware of both the benefits 
and the dangers of dating. And I think that's one of the dangers of dating is understanding that we all come with some baggage. What are we willing to accept and not accept? And have you gotten to that place, Ebony, where like you can identify what you're willing to, to, to cope with and what you're not? Amen. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Man. How did you come to that? How did you come to that knowledge? Trial and error. Um, <laughs> but it's serious. It's actually, it's so, because as you mature in your walk with Christ and as you mature into, you know, adulthood, there are things that you're going to start to see that weren't there before or you're just, those things were just revealed to you because the young lady at 28 was willing to be open to accept certain things that the 34-year-old will not. And it's because of trial and error. It's because of my personal experiences. It may be because of experiences that I've seen others go through. It's all about trial and error. And yes. as I started to get older, some of the some of the requirements that I may have had or some of the things that I was looking for in a mate kind of were pushed to the back burner and I was looking more at your character. Who are you as a person? You know, mm -hmm. yes, you like to travel, that's cool. You like to go out and hang out, you know, be adventurous, that's cool. But are you a good human? Can you pray for me if I'm sick? Like, can right. you speak life into me? Or are you a complainer? Are you lazy? I'm a go-getter. So if I'm dating someone who is unmotivated, doesn't really want to do anything that's not necessarily the person that i believe that god will attach me to because of who i am or where he's taking me i don't know where he's taking me but all right. i know is that the kind of person that i am my spirit isn't going to just attach to somebody that's lackadaisical you know mm. so there are things about a person's character that made the list not that he's six five and you know, seven figures, that would be cool, but I really want to know, are you a man of your word? Do you have integrity? When you speak, are you trying to be malicious? Are you trying to lie? Like, what is it about you that I might have looked past at 28, but at 34, I'm like, mm -mm, no, this is the issue? Yeah. yeah, we have a problem. That's so good. Ebony, that's so good because at the end of the day, I have to live with you. You know what I'm saying? Like everything else, that money could change. Your desire to travel will change. All these things will change. But who are you in your in, in at your core that mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to live with and grow with and push and all that stuff? Have children with. Yes, that is super duper important. So I think that if there's any takeaway, um, anyone's as those that are listening is single ladies right as we are and men because bro you got you you are worthy too and i'm big on that when it comes to, um but identifying you know what's important to you and that's why we need to embrace the singleness because if you're not if you just happen and committing every single second to somebody you will really not know what it is that you want get to know you and get to know god because once you get to know him and you understand his love for you, and you understand his standard for holiness and kingdom living, then you walk that out, and, and you, it's, you know, some people call it the law of attraction, you attract that as well, so um, I totally, totally agree with that, so, okay, I mean, we were talking about, um, and it was, I think it was pretty important for both of us to talk about 
kind of like our upbringing, right? And how that affects who we became. And another book we both had, guys, um, it's called Becoming Myself. It's really good, but just just one small part um, that I saw and I wanted to talk about, you know, mothers and fathers, right? Um, and as a parent, I am walking through this right now, the importance of both these roles in, in one's life, a child's life. This book um, says, father bestows identity and mother bestows self-worth. And so as we talk, a lot of issues, especially with women and men, is identity issues, is we have, we lack a sense of identity. And so we go out being every and anything to every and anybody until we have fall flat on our face enough times to desire a change. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Absolutely. I think that, um, and I've, I've studied counseling and I have, I'm a true believer in saying that the person that you are today, it's because of who, what happened to you as a child. When I interact with people, I'm not talking, I'm talking to an adult, but there's a child that I'm speaking to at the same time that just mm -hmm. matured with life as an adult. But we are all Bruce's children in a sense. And I believe that for me, my, my parents just celebrated a 35 year anniversary. So we'll, we'll for them, you know, guys. <laughs> So the, the example of family definitely stemmed from that, like me always wanting to have a two-parent household for my children. That's something that I just kind of always wanted, period. Um, growing up, that was always my intention. Um, my father never told me don't come home as a teenage mom, but I just knew it was kind of there. You know, we in the Caribbean, we don't, don't even bother right. coming, don't do it. I didn't want to get embarrassed, choked up, or anything like that, <laughs> but... Um, I always had, I do believe if my father was not present, like physically in my life, I would have turned out a certain, a different kind of way. Like I probably wouldn't be where I'm at today. I may have been out in the streets, you know, there wasn't um, a man really there for me physically. So I would have been out there in the streets and all of that stuff. Um, but I do believe that um, growing up, right, my father always loved me and I always know that he did. And I think as I, an adult, as I grew and started to go through life changes, I realized that there may have been things that I may have needed that I didn't realize that I needed until I was older, right? right? And maybe with my mom too, they were both great examples of love and affection, but I realized as an adult that words of affirmation were something that I might have not, that I needed more of. And right. I might have, I looked for it in some of the relationships that I had, like for a guy yes. to to validate me and not to say that. And I think that as men in general, there is this, this concept where men don't, don't cry. Don't, um, cause you're not strong. If you cry, if you say right. love, or if you say, I love you or something like that, there's, there's been a stigma around men and we see it today, especially in um, the African-American community. We see that it's, it's a challenge. And I think as we're getting into the stage that we're in now, we do realize that mental health is important and also words of affirmation, just consistently telling our daughters and our sons, you are amazing, you are loved, Black Boy Joy, we hear that. And there were some things that we didn't realize that we needed growing up that I might've needed to hear more of. And it's not anything against anyone, but I didn't realize it until I got older, like, okay, maybe I needed that, that affirmation. Yeah. 
and not that it's a bad thing because we don't we don't know we have to understand our parents went through things that we never knew of and exactly we can't fault them for that we're all broken in our sense but one thing I do know is that my parents goal was to do better for us than they may have received and they've done more than that so I appreciate yeah. that but there were things that I might have needed that I didn't realize as an adult but through yeah, healing that's... and counseling and revelation, we can start to forgive and we can start to understand why things happen or why things didn't happen. And we can grow from that. Yeah, I agree. And I agree. And I think that that's so important. I mean, that there's no weirdness there. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and on top of that, the beauty of this walk that we get with the Lord is that we get to... It, it takes a minute, but we get to get that affirmation from him through his word and through personal relationship with him. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, my dad wasn't in my life and I had this hope, especially when I came to Christ, that I'd meet him and I'd have that 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 one-on-one with him. But he died before that could happen, you know? And for a long time, I felt like, well, during that morning season, but like my God, my hope is like deferred. God, like it makes the heart sick. I don't want you know. And I and I I was thinking that way, but the Lord was like, put your hope in me. Put your hope in me. And so in this single mo, in this single walk, imagine right. I didn't have my dad in my life. I was in a relationship. He died. I'm hurt. I would have been looking for that from my my man or a human person to fill that void, and he could never do that. He could never do that. You know what I'm saying? So, like, even when it comes to moms and how it mentioned that mothers establish worth, well, recently my mom said something to me that it, like, straightened my back. Oh, she, it was a simple thing, and it, it talked about me having a good heart. And when yeah. my mom said that to me, it was like, like life. It was like a resuscitation. You know what I'm saying? So there are things that the way God ordained family is to flow out and into the child. However, every void and every gap there is within us, God is there to fill it. And we are to seek him. We are to rush, like run after him. We are to like reach and reach and reach so we could feel something. Um, and, and not in our, you know, natural, but we experience it with him and it's beautiful. Um, so I want to take a quick hop real quick. Right. Because um, I call this like my, I'm going to just say it, like a thirsty host syndrome. You know what I'm saying? And I know that I have had my thirsty season where like, like I'm like, my eyes are wide open. Is he my husband? Is he my husband? He's like, it's right. You seek it, you search it, right? And, um, <laughs> and I remember reading this devotional by Miles Monroe. Um, and he said, he re referenced the scripture. And when I read the scripture, I was so free. It says, neither was man created for woman, but woman was created for man. Mm. And that is 1 Corinthians 11, 9. And when I read that, I was like, hold on. I'm over here, like, waiting for some guy to complete me. When God said, no, I created you for him. So you hold steady, my daughter, and let me work on him. What did he do with Adam in the beginning? He identified that Adam needed help. Adam, Adam didn't even know he needed help. He wasn't sweat. Like I said this in my, my 
um, podcast episode, he wasn't sweating blood and tears. He wasn't like, oh my gosh, Lord, send me help. I can't do this by myself. No, he was grinding. He was obedient. He was doing what God told him to do. And he was busy doing the work of the Lord. And God was watching him. And he was like, my boy, Adam needs some help. He didn't tell Adam he needed help. He, God identified it. And then while he was still doing his work and watching him, y'all, I don't mean to teach and preach, but here I am. Look, God, when God identified that Adam needed help, he made animals from the dust of the ground, just like he made Adam. And that wasn't enough. That woman came out of that man in a season of his life where he was doing what he was supposed to do. And God had to awaken him for him to see her. And then it was, it happened. And so I think women lack that. We lack that understanding. We lack that awareness that like, you're not incomplete. You're not missing nothing. And if you think in life you're missing something, then that means God is not enough. And that means you're still not ready. Amen. I want to add something to that, that you said, the thirsty season. (laughs) And I know, yes. Because I have have a scripture here and a revelation that God gave me a few, uh, probably like a year or so ago. In, in a season of rejection where you feel rejected, because this is really for a lot of men and women uh, that may be feeling rejected. And because um, I know that I've gone through this and I think I was going through it and we may talk about this at some point, but I, I felt like I was being rejected mo- most um, every time I would interact with a gentleman, whether it was being ghosted mm-hmm. or something. And it was because I had, you ever heard of the book, The Scarlet Letter? We read it I back have- in yeah, she had this big A on her shirt for, for adultery, but I got this big A on my shirt for abstinence, and it kind of repels men away, which I'm okay with. That's completely fine. But I was in a season of feeling rejected because every time I would uh, communicate that with the guy that I was getting to know, they would go ghost. And I'm just like, God, I don't understand what's wrong with me. What did I do? And I think a lot of the times we we look at ourselves as what happened, what's wrong with me? Am I not enough? What did I do to not get this? But God, oh God, it's so good. He actually told me like, the rejection is my protection. And if I didn't allow them to reject you, you would have fallen into a place of um, worse bondage. um, If I allowed you to get with that person and there was a scripture from one day I was just praying like, God, speak to my heart and everything. And the Holy Spirit told me to read, it was Matthew 9, and I'm going to read it here. And it talks about the old wineskin. So it's Matthew 9, 17, and it says, neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the wineskins will burst, the wine will run out, and the skins will be ruined. No, they pour the new wine into the new wineskins, and both is preserved. And I saw that, and I was just like, what? So it goes back to the baggage. If we bring, because the, the, the history behind it is that the wineskin was made out of like animal, um, I think it was like animal fur and like burlap and stuff. So the wine would ferment in this actual wineskin and it would break down like the enzymes and stuff. So if you put new wine into this old wineskin that had already been fermented and broken down, it's going to burst. 
So I want a new relationship. I want a new partner or a new blessing, but yet I'm operating in that old mindset. And God is like, I need you to come out of that. You got to take all of that baggage, repair it, mm. bring it to the shop, heal, and get out of that place. Because if you're trying to put a new relationship into the old wineskin, it's going to break and it's going to waste. So I want to preserve both of y'all. So you need yes. to heal. And if you want to be healed, mm -hmm. if you want to heal for a relationship, because my thing is, if I want a man that comes to me, because we're not all going to come healed 100%, because there's still a work that is going on with us right. until the day of Christ. But come heal me. Go be in a process of yes. healing. So I can't expect something of you that I'm not willing to do for myself. So you got to come come on now, come, come meet me. What's the problems that you're going through? Have you worked through them? Have you been, are you aware of what you're going through? So these are the questions that we really have to ask ourselves in the season of singleness. Um, am I aware of the brokenness? Am I aware of my tendencies? These are some of the things that I kind of operate in because of yeah. the rejection that I've had in the past. I tend to latch on to people and I don't want them, you know, like, so there was so much revelation that was happening in me like about me like oh this this ain't pretty but it's pre preparing me for yeah. what's to come yeah girl that's so good that is so good and and i think it's important that we um we grab hold of that revelation you're right we can't go in into something new doing the same old things we've been doing and i wanted to um like that's beautiful and add to that like for me in the past maybe year, I've just been repeating over and over again, like through my friendships, I believe God prepared me for marriage, right? Because through these relationships, these are my most like intimate and common relationships that I have. So in these things, I get to see how do I handle conflict? I get to see what are my coping mechanisms when I'm uncomfortable. I get to see um, what, to what capacity am I loving? Am I conditional with my love? All these things, because if, because really in this book about waiting and dating, he talks about the importance of making a friend first in this potential mate, whether you are male or female, when you, when you are having that relationship with the opposite sex, you want to um, assure that you can be friends. Why? Because if we are um, emotionally connected, emotionally driven, or, or, connected only on a soulish realm well that soul is affected by our our how we feel and our feelings mm -hmm. are like chemicals like they can change any time and so right. at what point do we decide that we want something deeper you know what i'm saying and, and and how do we establish that something deeper that friendship that when all those feelings change when tonight if when i'm married i don't feel like having sex you know what i'm saying or when tonight, when I just don't feel like whatever, can I still be your friend? Can we still have something solid, something that we can stand on? And mm -hmm. so I think that even as you mentioned, old wine, um, new wine and old wine, how are your relationships as you are maturing in the Lord and as a person in, in, in general? Are you still having the same unhealthy behaviors in your common relationships? Because if you can't even manage a steward, that what makes you think you can be able to be in a covenant before the Lord with another being. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's true. Yeah, girl. So anyway, that's good. I'm burning up right now. Just like I'm I'm hot <laughs> in the inside. Okay. Um 
So we had these principles in the book here um, by Miles Monroe. Yeah, this is my, my foundation tonight. And mm -hmm. um, he said that we have to, we will know we're ready to date when we realize we don't need to. Have you gotten to that point, Evie? That I don't need to date? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't arrived yet. Um, I have my moments, right? I have my moments where I'm just like, you know what? God gonna just send them, send this man, send this man of God to me. Then every other time where I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. I'll be honest. I'm tired. It's a journey. It is a journey. And there have been times even where I'm just like, God, like Jesus in the garden, just take this cup from me. If you don't have, if you're not gonna send them, just don't, just give me, just take the weight of desire, okay? <laughs> no, that's my daily prayer. Um, but there are moments, and I think that... That is my daily prayer. What? What's your daily prayer? No, sorry. I said that's my daily prayer. Oh, like, take this cup from me. Like, low-key. Like, God, if it is, then let it be. If it's not, then take it away. Just go. Go ahead with it. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I found myself <laughs> being in a place of, like, obsession. It was like an obsession. Like, oh, my goodness, I... Where he at? Where he at? Where he at? And I think right before the pandemic happened, I was just so, you know, like I said, I was in a place of like, I was upset with God or angry with God. And, you know, I came to that realization and I think it was hard for me to vocalize that. And I had to vocalize that to God because if he's a friend of mine, like he's my friend, I have to talk to him. Like he already knows what we're feeling. You know, I think a lot of the times it's hard for us to just be open and honest because, when we're open and honest, that stuff hurts, you know? And for yeah. me, I got to a place right before the pandemic or right in like in the midst of the pandemic where I was just like, thank you, God, that I'm single. And I was thankful. That was the first time I was ever grateful for being in this season of singleness because when COVID hit, I was stressed out, like anxiety through the roof, um, just about being around people. I still can be that way at times. If anyone knows me, they're like, no, you know, um, I was very like stressed out, just me by myself, you know? So when I saw friends having to mm -hmm. homeschool their children and, you know, some of the stressors with that and then essential workers, you know, people pray for my husband, you know, this person's out here. I'm just like, God. This is the first time I'm like, you know what? I'm cool just rocking by myself because I'm already stressed out about me. Imagine if I had a child and a husband to like figure out I mean, and stress about. That was the first time that I was just like, you know what? Thank you, God. Everything happens for a reason. I'm okay with this. You know, whatever is supposed to happen is supposed to happen, but God doesn't operate in time. So when we say you need to hurry up, he's just like, yeah, I just, I don't operate in time. You know what I mean? So the soon for God could be like 20 yes. years. We don't know, you know, but at that moment, ah! that was when it came to that point, like, okay, God, I'm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, um, for some reason in the last year or so, um, I feel like I've had my eyes open towards relationships and marriages around me. And it's almost like God is showing me like the depth 
Like what, ha like, it's not all peaches and cream. I'm sorry, Dio, these rom-coms, like they're not real. Like they're just really good movies, you know? So, <laughs> so like you have to see what it is because you, you, you can't just walk away when you're in a marriage. You can't just shut the person out. I mean, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen because we're still imperfect people. The beautiful thing about marriage is like, you get to walk out this unconditional love of God. Like that's like the ultimate example of what we get when with the Lord. And so it's not that we're going to be perfect, but I believe that for us who are truly seeking God, ladies who are ladies and men who are truly in God's face, who truly love him, who truly want to serve him. Like God is being so intentional about how he is setting you up with your spouse, right? Your potential mate when, when that, Time comes but until then what are we doing with this time are we freely serving jesus are we loving people are we growing you know are we forgiving are we all right. these things that we will need these attributes fruits we would need in marriage are we cultivating now or are we just still staying the same old same old right right my god so ebony what is while you are single we know that you are like your videos are hilarious. I just, I'd be cracking up. Oh my gosh. So during this time, what do you do? How do you find, how do you like make use of your time um, instead of obsessing over this idea that you, that we all desire? Mm -hmm. um, good question. So for me, I, it, and I'm in a stage right now where I'm just actively like being more intentional about going out. Um, you know, COVID did a number on us. You know, I said COVID took way too much of my personal, like I don't want to give too much power to the COVID, but it definitely did play a role in me having to sit down prior to COVID. Yeah. You know, I was very intentional about going out by myself, going to networking events, going to different places just to not just to be seen by whoever, but really like my, like my friend circle, they were, they were moms. Like, and I was just like, I'm the single one with no kids. Like I need to go out and go meet some people. So, yes. and then when COVID came, it was like, nah, sis, go sit down. Like, okay, what am I doing in this house? You know? So um, I started to, you know, go on uh, TikTok and started making funny videos and things that I actually enjoy. Um, so that really does help me. And also just being more intentional now about just taking myself on a date. For the longest time, I got so consumed with, if I go out to eat, I'm going to catch COVID or something. And I was just like, no, Ev, go out. The weather's becoming nice. You cannot spend year three or summer three in the house. So now I'm being more intentional about going to different things. I actually went to like a paint and sip. It was at a restaurant just by myself. Like, okay, it was like a comedy show. Um, so I'm going to places by myself and just being more intentional about enjoying my time until whenever it's supposed to happen, you know, for me to have a mate. But I'm just working on enjoying my time. Like it's supposed to be nice this weekend. So I'm going to figure out something to do by myself or whatever, just like really just starting to enjoy me again. Because I think I've found, I've gotten lost in the four walls of my home and, you know, Netflix, but it's like, no, go out and just go connect with people and meet 
people. And that's what I'm working on, just being more intentional about spending time outside with me. Yeah. I love that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's important. Sorry, y'all. I'm bending over. I wanted to um pick up this Bible. So this is where the whole like revelation came for me. Um, I have this study Bible and in the back, they have all these like articles that they wrote. And the name of this article is called Singleness, A Privileged Calling. So let me just tell y'all. I'm all for relationship. I'm all for marriage. I want to be married. Lord, where's my husband? He's watching me, but like, why you not let him talk to me? Like, come on, God. Like, I'm, my clock is ticking. I want to have another baby, right? All of that is true. And I just want to make sure <laughs> I just want to make sure y'all understand that. Nevertheless, <laughs> while we wait, um, I want to talk about it. So this is something she said that to me, I was like, oh my gosh, um, this is so, so, so important. So she said that singleness is a call. It's a call from the Lord. Like he's calling you in this season to himself and he's given instruction and he's given favor and he's giving grace. And there's so much like that we get to attain from this time, especially with him. And it's up to us to it that way and so my goal overall is I want if you are single I want you to just find contentment in that place because until you find contentment in that place you realize nothing is enough nothing will be enough and so find peace there and what can you do take yourself out on a date find a new hobby make people laugh build up your your people skills especially if you're a chick because we emotional and these many in the same way like us like it's not going to be the same exact thing so like build yourself up and and do it with the lord and watch and see what great things he will do and so um and counseling and counseling get your counselor please <laughs> yourself i mean if you have insurance, even if you don't have insurance, I would just say invest in yourself because yeah. it's so important. It's so like God, these are people that got like, they, that's a gift of the spirit counselor. And yes. I believe that there's such a stigma with counseling. Oh, I don't need that. You need counseling. If we all, every individual on this, well, we've been through trauma, you need counseling. Yeah. Even if you think like, you need counseling because- <laughs> You could be holding your, your blessing back. You know, there's some things you just don't want. You want to just be in the best shape that you can be emotionally, spiritually, yeah. before you get into a relationship. So counseling yeah. is important. I'm an advocate. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you good. Advocate for it too. I mean, um, just to be completely frank, for me, transitional phases in my life can get very overwhelming. Like new seasons, new change. Um, you know, I, I realize I still have certain triggers. So I'm seeking on how do I become more mature that these things don't bother me? Because if I do want to be in a marriage, I've got to be able to, I've got to be able to overcome these things or it's going to be hard and I'd rather it not be. So, um, yeah. So anyway, that's that guys. I, I am, I am here for it. You know, we desire all the things that God has promised us. And until the promise comes to pass, we want to be good stewards. So listen, take care of that bag. You know, that bag you're carrying that's broken and, you know, and all messed up. 
go, go, go deal with that before you go hopping into something else and don't make somebody else clean up that mess. You know what I'm saying? Don't make somebody else have to try to fix it for you. Do the work and do it with the Lord and it's going to be amazing. And you ain't missing nothing. You are completely whole. You're completely, you're made perfect, fearfully and wonderfully made. God made no mistakes when he made you. He made, oh my gosh. Let me tell you what Tony Evans said the other day. He said, when a baby of the fetus is inside of the womb, you don't have to look for an arm to sew the arm on that baby. It's going to grow. Okay. So what that is when I say that for you is that you're not missing anything in yourself. And I guess I say that because I struggled with that. I've, I attached my value to like the outside and it left me feeling so like, like I wasn't enough. Mind you, I was too much for a lot of people and that too much made me feel like I wasn't enough. And mm -hmm. so you want to find that, that solid value inside with the Lord. You want him to pour into you. You want to do all that and don't look for it outside because you're not going to get it from out there. It's never going to be enough. Um, and I'm going to leave the last words to Ebony. Oh, okay. All right. So the last words that I would share with you all, my singles, is keep the Lord first. You know, and I know that at times it can be challenging, but God knows. God knows everything before we even know. Like, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Like, he knows. So when things don't go your way, things don't go the way that you had desired or that you expected, just know that there was a protection over your life. That God was protecting you from something that you may not have seen. So I don't want you to ever feel, because the enemy is cunning. And he really tries to whisper that we're not enough. We're not good enough. God doesn't have something for us. And he's not going to bless us. But I want to rebuke all of that in the name of Jesus and tell you that everything that happens in your life is for a reason. The pain that you've experienced, the discontentment, all of the trauma that you've experienced is for a reason. And we have to overcome by the word of um, our testimony, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So as we share some of our broken pieces, we can liberate somebody else. So I would encourage you to showcase your story, share your story, even if it's to a friend, just be open because you never know what your bondage breaking is going to, how it's going to liberate somebody else. And the enemy wants us to be ashamed. He wants us to be in a closet back in the corner in darkness. But when we bring things to light and bring the revelation and we speak on some of the, what we've gone through, we can really help break the chain for somebody else. So I just want to encourage you to share your story, share what you're struggling with, because you never know somebody else is going through that too.